0: Hey, everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino here, and we are back here. Survivor Worlds Apart, another season of Survivor exit interviews is upon us. And today, we're going to talk to the first person who was voted out of Survivor Worlds Apart, and that is So Kim. And So Kim is going to join me in just a couple of minutes to talk about everything from last night's episode. I had so much fun last night getting back into it on Survivor Know-It-All's with Stephen Fishback. That was a really fun episode uh, last night. Stephen was worked up. uh, I was pumped up too because we had a lot to talk about in a very fun season premiere last night with the three tribes and everything with the no collar and the white collar and the blue collar tribe and uh, so many different things that we're going to get into with so in today's episode. Then later on today, on Thursday, this is the big Survivor podcast day. I'm going to be speaking with your newly crowned Miss Survivor and the winner of Survivor San Juan del Sur, we're going to talk with Natalie Anderson. Maybe we'll get some 20 action today as well to hear what Nadia has to think about the first boot of this season. Then I'm going to take your voicemails with uh, Josh Wiggler, of course, from Parade Magazine, also my partner on the Evolution of Strategy, our 30 season rewatch, which we just finished volume one. I'm going to talk with Josh and take your voicemails to kick off another outstanding season of Survivor Podcast here on Rob as a Podcast. So just make sure you're locked in, get set up, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go to Rob is a slash iTunes. Get the Rob as a Podcast app, Rob is a slash app. Or you could subscribe uh, to all of the individual show feeds by clicking the podcast tab on Rob has a And before we get into this, also we had special coverage of the amazing race premiere, uh courtesy of Jessica Leese with a special fill-in host for me, Haley Strong, I'll be back with Jessica on Friday night live to cover episode two of the Amazing Race twenty six. That's going to be coming up on Friday night. So let's get into this. I see we have So on the line. Let's go ahead and patch her in. So, are you there?
1: Hi, Rob. So, oh, how are you? Rob, just, you know, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> you know, minus the fact that I got voted out first.
0: Oh, uh, so
1: and, uh, I think I'm doing okay. You know, all right. I had a couple okay. drinks last night with some friends and. Good now I get to talk to you. Good. All right. Good.
0: Well, then uh, things couldn't be worse then, it sounds like. Yes,
1: yeah, things, things could be much worse. <laughs> all
0: right. So uh, let's get into this. And uh, so I know you have a lot of questions for you. Um, let's start off with this uh, decision that you made early in the episode last night. I'm sure you've been talking about it all day. But the idea of... Yeah, the honest box or the deceit box or the neutral box. So if you could. I know,
1: there was a third option in there. Who knew, right? Who knew?
0: None of the above. And so if you yeah. could do this over again, how would you have done this differently?
1: You know, if I could do this over again, I would have chosen deceive again, but I would have taken that clue back and I would have shown it to everyone. Ooh the very get go. Yeah. Yes. Because I think that even if you chose honest, you kinda of start with the other tribe. You come back with a bag of beans and it looks bigger, but it's actually not that much bigger. And you can see that other people start to question whether they really did choose the honest or not. So I think your best bet really is the seeds. You still get a small bag of beans and then you have the clue and you can show them that, you know what, we chose it and we want to share it with you and you kind of build the team up from there. That's what I would have done. <laughs>
0: So it seemed in that moment that you got pressured by Joaquin, that you were sort of on the fence, but he was like, there's no doubt in my mind, we have to go ahead and, and do this. Do you feel like, was he a negative influence in that decision-making?
1: You know, I don't want to say that um, I was convinced to do anything because of anyone else. I, what I should have done is I should have listened to my instincts, which told me that choosing to deceive was, not the right decision. I just knew that. Um, what I didn't realize is that Joaquin didn't know the game as well as I did.
2: Yes. Um,
1: and Rob always says that, uh, Sorry, not Rob. Uh, Jeff always says this, and maybe you do also. Maybe but I do too. Says, listen to your instincts. Yes, maybe you do too. You you did very well in the game, so maybe you know that you need to listen to your instincts. Um, but you just get so excited when you're out there. You're you've been dreaming about this moment that you kind of your impulses kind of take over, and um, because. Joaquin was so excited about getting a clue, I kind of got swept up into that excitement. But in reality, um, you know, being honest um, in the beginning of the game, you can't play the game that hard in the beginning. And we were kind of isolated from the, the rest of our tribe from the very beginning when, you know, he was chosen as the leader. And then I kind of volunteered to step out there with him. And when you look at the tribe makeup, right, you look at the six of us. Um, and I think a lot of people have sort of, made a lot of theories about our tribes and who could go far and who might be in trouble from the very beginning. And what I should have done is objectively stepped out that our tribe and gone, okay, Joaquin and I are sort of on the outs. Like, we have four other people who are sort of older and who know the game really well. You have someone like Max and Green who are survivor, you know, masterminds. And um, then you have Joaquin and I. I think Max even called us the prom king and queen at one point. Wow. it's yeah. So, you know, it it's just it's the tribe that I got landed on and then losing that first challenge. And then, you know, all the decisions that kind of got made leading up to that just ended up where we are. So, yeah. Here I
0: am. So now when you have the neutral box story, I mean, do you know in the moment that people aren't buying it or is that sort of a surprise for you at tribal council that people are talking about how they weren't buying that story? No,
1: what what they don't really show and a lot of stuff that doesn't get shown, as you know, but um, when we get back, um, Shireen and I had talked about working together and I actually showed her that idol clue to show, uh, you know, prove to her that I would be loyal to her and that she could trust me. So. She was someone that actually did know about the clue, not because we lied about it, but because I chose to tell her about it. Um, I'm not saying that she wouldn't have figured it out on on her own. And Max, he knows the game so well um, that he, I think he kind of knew right away. Tyler, I think, chose to kind of just ignore it and just, you know, whatever they want to say. He kind of just wanted us to work as a team, and he ignored the idol. And then there was Carolyn, who... Who would have thought that she would find the idol? Yeah. yeah. So that was a shock to everyone, including myself. It was a played, though.
0: So I was interested to find out why you pushed so hard yeah. to get Carolyn out. Uh, there was a conversation that you're having with Max, and Max says, well, I think yeah. the obvious person to get rid of is Shireen. And you sort of say, no, 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 Shireen's fine. We need to go for Carolyn. Uh, and then we saw you lobbying uh, to get Carolyn out. Why Carolyn over Shireen when Shireen was somebody who potentially could have been an easier sell?
1: So there were two things that sort of happened. The first thing was that I actually didn't trust Carolyn from the very minute that I saw her during pregame because she came out one day wearing a suit and the next day wearing tie dye and a green scrunchie. And I just, I immediately pinned her as someone with an identity crisis and someone who just wanted to fit in so badly that she'd do anything. So I just, I was like, you know what? She's she's going to flip on a dime. She's just going to go wherever she, you know, whoever makes her feel safe. And I just didn't think that she was someone I could trust. Shireen was someone I thought I could trust. And even though she performed very, very badly in the challenge, I had her back and I thought she had mine and I showed her the idol clue. Um, and so I thought that we were working together. So that's why I was lobbying so hard against Carolyn, because when we got back, the boys were all sort of like, okay, we're going to go with Shireen, right? And she was someone that I thought was in my pocket. Um, yeah. You know, she, she she's a self-professed liar. She knows how to lie really well. And <laughs> clearly I was not as skilled in that arena. Um, so yeah, she she totally played me. I thought that she... She came back from the challenge. She was sobbing. She was crying. She was paranoid. And I kept placating her and saying, you know what? It's okay. We got your back. You're fine. Don't worry. And so I was working really hard to make sure that she knew that she was okay by lobbying against Carolyn. But ultimately, that didn't work out in my favor.
0: (laughs) Now, one area where you definitely weren't lying was when you brought up at Tribal Council how the four has decided that Carolyn is going to be (laughs) voted out. And you said that straight to Carolyn. And then uh, yeah. Joaquin explains that, you know, who is in the four. Um, was that yeah. something that was premeditated at all? Or is that something that just like you blurred out? You of your know what?
1: Uh, <laughs> I know it seems like I was just kind of throwing things out there and people are saying, why would she, why would she just throw that out there? But at that point, travel had been going on for so long and I knew that I was already out and there had been several alliances that had been talked about. And you know, I was going out. I knew that I was, I was getting voted out. Um, and I wanted people to understand that there were a lot more alliances at play, that it wasn't just Joaquin and I trying to screw everyone over, but actually that the three boys had pulled me aside and they talked about four four. And what you don't see is that we I talk about the fact that there was also Carolyn and Shireen who came up to me on day one and said, The three of us and Max are in an alliance, the four of us. So Max and I were actually straddling two different alliances at a um by day three, and I had actually talked to him and said, okay, what are we going to do? Which alliance are we going with? And he kept, just kept talking about keeping the tribe strong. So at that time, I was like, all right, guys, fuck everyone. Like, you can't <laughs> trust Max. Um, there's the four of us, but you guys think that the three of you are working together. So I was basically, I was in some ways blowing up Max's game. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was all about.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about <laughs> I that. I was in the Yeah, because where you had, you know, obviously Max was the one person who was in the four that you and Joaquin were talking about, and then also was in the three that Carolyn uh, was talking about. And he was the one person who was sort of uh, in the middle of that Venn diagram. And I was wondering if that was potentially uh, going to uh, if that was something that was coming up and maybe, uh, you know, putting a spotlight on him in that tribal council. Oh, yeah.
1: At that point, like I said, I knew I was going home. and. I just wanted everyone to be aware of the fact that, you know what, you think that you're working with Max, well, so does everyone else. And I also say to Tyler at InTrival, which you don't see, um, and I say to him, listen, um, Joaquin wanted to tell you about the clue, and I wish I had listened to him. Just know that you can trust him. And I was basically letting people know, like, yes, Joaquin and I were working together, but he's someone you can trust, and Max is someone you can't trust. Yeah. You should all know that now.
0: staying on the subject of max um i thought it was very interesting in your pre-game interview with gordon holmes you told gordon holmes that you recognized max dawson now was that something when you see that he's ultimately on your tribe are you excited to see max dawson on there do you confront him that you know who he is
1: absolutely and that's another thing that didn't um air but i saw him and i and i think i said this. he could be my he could be my best ally or my worst nightmare. And in this case, he was my worst nightmare. But he was someone that I was like, you know what? If we can actually get together, we could we can make some big moves together. Um, I didn't trust him, though. Well, what ended up happening was I knew who he was, and I wanted to give him a chance to tell everyone to see if he was going to be honest. But when we did those intros on the beach, and he said that he was a media consultant, that kind of threw up a red flag for me. And I actually approached him later, and I said, listen, Max, what do you really do? And he kept saying, uh, why don't, what do you mean? I'm just a media consultant. And I said, I, you know, I know that you're much more involved in the survivor community. I'm just trying to give you a chance to be honest about this. And he was like, okay, well, you know, I taught a class about survivor, but it wasn't really about survivor, but that's it. Mm -hmm. And then because I kind of outed him, he kind of came back to tribal, uh, to our tribe um, at camp. And he said, you know, I did teach a course on Survivor, but that's about it.
2: Hmm. But
1: no one else really seemed to know that he was as tied in with the community um, as I was. And I actually, I did try and tell Shireen that because Shireen did trust Max. And I and she didn't trust Joaquin. And I told her, I was like, listen, I know that you don't trust Joaquin because he doesn't seem as smart to you, but I'm telling you that Max is going to be someone that you can't trust.
0: No, so... You had a, such an interesting experience with the show because, uh, as we found out, <laughs> you were right there in the mix. You were initially supposed to be on Survivor San Juan del Sur uh, with your sister, correct? I was. To tell me if I'm yes, if I'm saying I anything was. that's wrong. And so, how close? Nope. Did, did, tell me how close did you guys get? You guys actually were out there, and then your sister uh, didn't get through the medical examination. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct, and I was unfortunate, but um, I was lucky enough to be asked back for season 30. But now, um, and
0: you knew how this was going to wor- work out, obviously. Now, how much was this frustrating for you to say, okay, I know I'm the first person off on Survivor 30. Were you watching Survivor 29 the whole time and saying, I could have won this game?
1: Uh, it was so, you know, I, I did watch it for a little while, but I actually... It was it was much more difficult for me to watch. So there were times I didn't tune in just because, you know, you start watching. I think there was a there was a water challenge or not a water challenge where they're out on buoys and they're sort of battling each other with those big um those big mats. Yeah. Kind of like a sumo wrestler.
0: Sumo at sea. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think the the yellow tribe loses that challenge and the blue tribe wins. And it comes down between two girls. Well, had my sister and I been out there, it would have been the two of us and I would have surely beaten her just because I'm much more physical than her. And so when you start to see that things could have changed the game, you start going, oh God, I, you know, sure, I, I could have lasted longer. It was two tribes of 10 versus three tribes of six. You're, the numbers work to your advantage better. There's more places to hide versus, you know, when you're in a tribe of six, there's really no place to hide. And then given... My tribe makeup, where you know you have Walk and I, and then you have the other four. You know, I, I was in trouble from the very beginning if we lost that challenge. Yeah, if we did. So yeah, it, it was difficult to watch, knowing that the results could have been different. But what can you do? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's very tricky. You know, the three tribes is great for TV, but you know, anything can happen uh, when you're out there playing with the three tribes. Um, I have another yeah. question for you. So last night, uh, our Mister Survivor 2014. Uh, tweeted uh, that even though Survivor <laughs> didn't go well for So Kim, I swear she's effing awesome. So, is there a possibility of a somance with our former oh, Mr. Survivor? Yeah. Is it, I, I, who
1: are you talking about? That, you name Malcolm.
0: Malcolm Freeberg. Also a, a veteran yeah. of three-tribe format. Right. He's also
1: someone who went back-to-back seasons. Yes. Um I only <laughs> yeah. played one and a half days. You got that to visit back to back it. seasons, yes. I know. We have much we have so much in common. Um yeah, Malcolm's great. Um I think that yes, yeah, I think we are dating in fact. Um, oh I, that that is that <laughs> that is the, that is the truth. Um and yeah, he kind of he kinda of wanted to let the world know now that I I've been eliminated. There's really nothing else to worry about. So yeah, he's been so supportive. We, we had a chance to meet a couple months ago. Um, and he actually does he knows nothing about the season. So, um, you know, I think he, as he was watching last night, he just, you know, we were with a bunch of, um, the other people from my cast and, you know, he's very protective of me. So it was hard for him to watch me get voted out, but I think he was, He's proud of how I carried myself. And he's, he's been my number one fan. So, you know, in, in that sense, I guess I won Survivor, right? Yes, you're the <laughs> winner. The day, <laughs> <laughs> you're the
0: winner at all. I hate that everything happens for a reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I think he's pretty pleased with himself.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so you let me know if you see that Mr. Survivor belt at uh, Malcolm's house, because we need to get that to Spencer. Oh, my I need God, to recruit you on this. You when
1: he thought he lost that belt, he <laughs> went into the biggest panic I've ever seen. Yes, He was just like, I need to find that. I don't know where it is. It was literally right here, and I was helping him pack, and I was like, okay, we'll find it. Don't worry. It's just a belt. I need to yeah. understand.
0: Well, I know you're not an expert at finding things from last night's episode. I need Carolyn <laughs> I to come know.
1: help. I know. <laughs> not even with a clue. I needed help. Yeah. So I, need you, I, know,
0: you, I know you need to get running. Uh, to, you got a lot of interviews to do today, but thanks so much for coming on with us. Really appreciate it, and uh, all the That's best for. to you and uh, the former Mr. Survivor. I appreciate it. I'll I'll send him your love. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. So Kim on the podcast and we've got one survivor 30 exit interview under our belt here in the new survivor season. And now let's go ahead and bring in like we like to do on our exit interview shows, a man who has been going through and combing through the annals of survivor history all off season long to bring you the latest news about what has happened this very week in survivor history here is our intrepid reporter jordan
2: rob how's it going we are back i can't
0: believe it jordan we are back and let's kick off the this week in survivor history segment with your song this week in survivor history
2: with your host jordan kalish jordan I miss that song so much. Even though it mispronounces my last name, I will take it. I think it's a gr- it's a hold on, hold on, wait. What, what's wrong
0: with the what's wrong with the jingle?
2: See, my name is actually pronounced Jordan Kalish, not Jordan Kalish.
0: I thought we fixed that over the off season.
2: I, I guess not. You know what? Maybe when you moved to the new studio, you lost a new recording or something. Yeah, um, but no, he's he's still saying it wrong. But it's still a great great effort. All right, I'm All gonna right. look
0: into this. Let me look into this for next week's show.
2: All right. Sounds good.
0: Now, before we get into this week in Survivor History, I want to thank our sponsor uh, who has sponsored this fine segment here on Rob's podcast. And those are our friends over at the Dollar Shave Club. Uh, And of course, on this week in Survivor History, many survivors needed a shave, Jordan.
2: Yeah, you know what? I actually needed a shave today and I was out of razors. I could use this. Yeah, well, razors are expensive and everybody's always trying to
0: conserve the razors. You end up shaving with a razor that you probably should have changed a week or two because they're so expensive. But you don't have to do that anymore uh, when you get on board with the Dollar Shave Club because they're going to send you a quality razor that doesn't have any sort of extra bonus features that you don't need that just make the whole thing more expensive. You're just going to get a fantastic razor and a great shave from the Dollar Shave Club. So stop paying out the nose, Jordan, and make the switch to Dollar Shave Club already. Will you do it?
2: All right, I'll I'll think about it. I think I'll uh, I'll research it this week, this week in Survivor History. What's to
0: think about? You'll get amazing razors and grooming supplies for a couple of bucks, and it's simple and it's smart. Uh, You never have to worry about getting your razors again. Uh, You'll get blades every month uh, or every other month for just a few bucks, and they arrive like clockwork, so upgrade to the smarter way to shave. Get your shave gear at the Dollar Shave Club. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash RHAP. Shave time, shave money, dollarshaveclub.com slash RHAP. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash RHAP. All right, so let's go back and uh, shave our way through Survivor History. And Jordan, tell us
2: what we're going to talk about this week. All right, we're going to go 14 years ago in Survivor history, and I can't believe this is 14 years ago, but February 22nd, 2001, we're going all the way back to Survivor the Australian Outback, and this is one of my favorite feuds in Survivor history. This is, of course, Kimmy Kappenberg versus Alicia Callaway, and this is a feud that started over the the issue of eating some chickens that they had won in a reward. Yes. And... um, Of course, Kimmy was a vegetarian and she uh, was sort of making friends with the chickens and she was very sad that the uh, that they were going to kill the chickens. Of course, we know now, unfortunately, uh, the show Utopia didn't film before this because they should have had a chicken tractor because, of course, one chicken does the uh, the work of one man or woman. Um, But Alicia was hungry. She wanted to eat the chickens. The rest of the tribe wanted to eat the chickens. And this made Kimmy very upset.
0: Yeah, made her very upset. Kimmy, of course. Um, that she was the vegetarian and also the animal lover, animal rights activist. And, you know, they say that Jeff Varner was really the person that instigated all of this and then sort of ran for the the hills once uh, Alicia and Kimmy started to get into it.
2: He did. He's an instigator. He's like Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, he's a real instigator. Yeah, and you could see there's actually a, a great scene when they're arguing. First of all, Elizabeth is standing right there next to them, and she's kind of laughing about the whole thing. Jeff Farner's is just walking away into the woods, and it um, yes, he it did look like he um, he added some fuel to the fire. But the uh, the no, scene it, that everyone it, it,
0: careful with the fire jokes around uh, the Kucha
2: tribe. Yeah, that's true. It wouldn't uh, work out for scooping in a in a few weeks, but um, yeah. So this this was. Uh, the thing that everyone remembers from this feud is, of course, Alicia's. Um, so Alicia starts waving her finger uh, at Kimmy. Kimmy says, "Don't you wave your finger in my face?" And Alicia says, "I will always wave my finger in your face." And I think if you went to Kimmy Kappenberg's hometown, I have no idea what that hometown is. It's all Alicia's probably there. Oh, is it really? Yeah. All right, awesome. And I think Alicia would, is probably there waving her finger in Kimmy Kappenberg's face right now.
0: No, Alicia is. Alicia is over that. Everybody, everybody's moved on from Survivor (laughs) Australia. But that was a really big fight in Survivor history. Like, I think that was probably the most iconic, like, fight in the early seasons. I mean, Sue and Kelly get into it a little Mm. bit, but that's not quite as uh, memorable as this. It's just, this has, like, that great line, that great button at the end. I will always wag my finger in your face. And I think that probably... I don't know. I mean, uh, probably uh, up until the all-stars. I mean, that's the the biggest like fight that people get into on Survivor.
2: Mm, I I always think the the Sue and Kelly thing gets a little bit uh too much play. And I think just because it was the first season and probably the first really I, I wouldn't say huge, but the first, you know, loud argument that happened on um the uh, first memorable argument that happened on Survivor. No, but this is definitely a bigger moment. This is something that Survivor fans will definitely remember. So you were on the, uh, the uh, Shapira tribe with Alicia in Survivor All-Stars. Did it's she pronounced
0: ever... uh, Shapira, Jordan. Shapira. I, mean, I would so think you would be the... s- sensitive to that.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I guess, I, I guess I'm allowed one mispronunciation on the podcast. So you were on the Shapira tribe with Alicia. Did she ever wave her finger in your face? Mm,
0: I think she wanted to. I think she said I, I got on her <laughs> nerves. Uh, and I actually believe when I voted, I voted uh, uh, for Alicia when I got voted off. And uh, in my voting confessional, what I had said was, uh, you know, I, I what I said, I said, uh, I don't really have a great feeling about this tonight. But uh, with any luck, uh, the next time I see you, you will be wagging a finger in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's a very near and dear to my heart.
2: Mm. Yes, And just just to bring it back to uh, to Kimmy and Alicia real quick, you you recently had David Bloomberg on the podcast and he has rule number four. Don't let your emotions control you. And both Kimmy and Alicia broke this rule in this episode. Kimmy for getting too emotional about the chickens and Alicia for um, for reacting in the way she did.
0: Yeah, the chickens will always be a great source of drama on Survivor. So many uh, moments. uh, Maybe Jordan, maybe all next year we could do great moments in chicken history. Uh, all all of the moments of that uh, survivor chickens have created of course we'll get chicken morris uh in there so uh, (laughs) yeah great moment in chicken history coming up in uh, 2016
2: i think that's a a great special podcast to do i can't wait for that (laughs) yes all
0: right uh anything else going on this week now is this technically for the last week of february is that what we're doing
2: well, I like to do it from, uh, from Sunday to Saturday, so the calendar week. So this uh, February 22nd, that last one was actually uh, the, um, 14 years ago last Sunday. So the next one we have is I remember th- where
0: I was during that uh, wag your finger in your face. Uh, I was watching that episode, one of the few uh, Survivor episodes uh, I watched from Oswego, New York, home of my alma mater, uh, Oswego State University.
2: Really? I, w- I was a, a middle a middle school student, and I was probably sitting on my family room couch watching that episode. There you go. So the next one that we have is 13 years ago, this Saturday, February 28th, 2002. Um, I wanted to get some premiere action in the, in this week in Survivor history because we are, of course, in the premiere of Worlds Apart. So this is the Marquesas premiere. Um, Peter Harkey is the one who ends up uh, pulling a So Kim and gets voted out first. And of course with Peter Harkey um, and you, you did actually touch on this with David Bloomberg um, last week. And obviously I just listened to this podcast recently. Um, Peter Harkey and his holes talking about how you have to be holy and have the seven hole breathe, breathing, out of the seven holes in your body. And there's obviously the eighth hole, which is the hole in Peter Harkey's game.
0: Oh, how dare you, Jordan? How dare yeah. you? Peter Harkey is a, is a nice man. He was, he was just chilling.
2: Oh yeah, no, I liked him. Yeah, he was just chilling. Uh, with Sean Rector and the float. Yeah, he was
0: chilling. And Peter Harkey is the uh first uh Survivor that I think I ever met, besides for oh, the wow. people I played Survivor with.
2: He seemed like a really funny guy. Yeah. I, I wish we got to see more of Peter Harkey. Only Survivor invited to Boston Robin Amber's wedding. Ah. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Out of the whole Survivor community.
2: Was he just chilling at the at the wedding?
0: Yeah, he was just chilling. So, I really
2: hope he never ended up going to Harlem and saying that to anybody. I
0: hope not. I hope he didn't he didn't It say would that. not
2: have worked out well for Peter Harkey.
0: all right. well, uh Jordan, there was no holes in your coverage of this week in survivor history. Oh, thank you. Yes. all right. so uh looking ahead, we're going to be talking about what's going on in the first week of March next week.
2: Yes, first week of March, next week in Survivor history. It is going to be huge. Okay. I can't
0: wait. Can't wait. Um, so Jordan, uh, follow Jordan on Twitter. Uh, he is at Jordan Kalish.
2: Yes. Congratulations.
0: Very on good. Twitter. There you go. All I'm right. Proud of you. uh, so I'm going to work. I'm going to work on seeing if we can get that music cue, uh, fixed for next week. Excellent. All right, Jordan. Thanks again. And,
2: uh, take care. Bye trick. Bye trick. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody, there you have it. This week in Survivor history, Jordan does a great job going through the history books and coming up with a moment to talk about each week on the show. We'll be back next Thursday for our next exit interview here on the exit interview podcast. Okay, we're getting ready for a big day on Thursday. Going to have a a nice long podcast for you guys talking about the season premiere really in depth. We're going to dig deep, dig woman to get into each of these three tribes coming up in our big podcast today with Natalie and get your voicemails in com slash voicemail or 323-282-R-H-A-P. You want to keep it nice, sweet spots about 30 seconds uh, with these voicemails. Get in, ask your question, get out, boom. That's a great voicemail. All right. Looking forward to getting into this uh, with everybody. Let me know what you think in the comments about my interview with So and I'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.